This is your host, Adam Settle, of the No Day Wasted Podcast, where we interview God's workers across the globe. This month, we have Tyler from Nomads. It's so great to have you on the podcast this month. Can you share a little bit about Nomads? Hey, thanks a lot, Adam. It is, it's great to be on the show with you, to partner with the No Day Wasted Podcast team, and just to share about what God is doing. So... I'll jump into what what Nomads is all about, but I, I first want to paint a picture of, of what's happening in the region that we're in and who we're seeking to reach. So there are about 23 million migrant workers that come from their home countries in a region that we call the 1040 window, which is just, a, a, it's a region primarily in Northern Africa, um, the Middle East, which is Asia and Eastern Asia, that has some of the most highly populated, impoverished, and unreached people in the world. And these individuals come from their countries because they can't find work. They are desperate to find work to provide for their family. So they leave their home country and they go to oil-rich countries within the Middle East to find work and send that money home to their families. So so people are leaving their homes from, from India, Pakistan, Afghanistan, Nepal, Egypt, Bangladesh, as an example, and going to some of these wealthier countries to work. And that's where we get the name nomads from. The definition of a nomad is a person with with no permanent, well, at least for a season, no permanent home who moves from place to place in search of provision for their family. And so most of these nomads are unskilled. They're uneducated. They make, you know, as little as six to eight U.S. dollars per day. They work 10 to 12 hours a day, six to seven days per week. And many of them live in very confined um, areas that we call labor camps in rooms with up to eight, 10, 12 guys in a, in a single room. So yeah, it's, um, it's a pretty unique life. Can you tell us a little bit more about what the labor camps are like? So a labor camp is simply the area where these migrant workers or nomads live from day to day. It's where they prepare food, they do their laundry, they shower, they sleep, they get together and and worship. And the living conditions really vary from camp to camp. Most are um, certainly less than desirable. Again, they're highly, generally highly populated and they, they're scattered across these countries. There can be few and there can be many. Um, these camps can contain hundreds, if not thousands of migrant workers, hundreds of thousands, and are a melting pot of different world religions such as Hinduism, uh, Buddhism, Sikhism, Islam, and many who have never heard the good news of, of Jesus Christ. So it is a very harvest-rich environment for the gospel. So what does a, a day in the life of one of these migrant workers look like? Well, we see long hours, little pay, and limited hope. So long hours, limited pay, limited hope. And I just want to expand upon the limited hope piece of it right now. So these guys and gals they sign a contract and they are basically indentured servants. They're, they're bound by contract. 
they arrive in the country that they're heading to for work and their passports are taken from them as they work off the cost of their their flight and their visa and insurance and everything else that it's taken to get them to that country for work. And so with that and a number of other things, it, it really creates an abundance of hopelessness in these camps. And because of this, these migrant workers are simply seeking to escape reality through whatever means possible, drugs, alcohol, pornography. And we believe this is why God has given us this unique ministry to bring the light of Christ to the men and women in these camps, the true hope to the hopeless. What is the mission and goal of nomads? Our overarching goal is to just bring the hope of Jesus Christ into these labor camps to these men and women who are who are living there. So our, our mission, our day-to-day mission on the ground is to be the hands and feet of Jesus to those residing in labor camps across the Middle East. And our, our greater vision is to equip these men and women not only to share their faith where they're at right now, but to share their faith, to equip them to share their faith and their testimony with those back in their home countries. So then when they go back to their their homes, they can start evangelizing people in their own community and starting home home churches there. So that is our that's our big vision. These individuals are only in these countries working for a, a short period of time. And they'll eventually go back to their home country where we desire that they they plant churches and we want to equip them to do that. So we accomplish this through reaching, teaching, equipping, and encouraging them. So we reach individuals within these camps through um, just story groups. We, we share parables. And if there's when we first go into a labor camp, we may not know anybody there. So we will have to take our team in and find Christians or those who maybe aren't believers who want to hear about the message of Jesus. And we reach them through story groups. A lot of them can't read or write. They're illiterate. So they they learn best from hearing. And so we share parables just like Jesus did when, when he was walking the earth. And then we teach them how to read the Bible, how to, if they can read, um, but how to understand what scripture is saying and just how to walk out their faith. So we go through a discipling process with them and we equip them to share their testimony. How do you share your testimony? How do you talk to others about your faith? How do you evangelize and and reach other people and bring them into this place of community and fellowship um, where they can where they can listen in a safe place and uh, put their faith in Christ? And then we encourage them throughout this entire process. It's not easy. There's a lot of people that face persecution. And so we want to bear the burdens that they're going through as they are going through them. We want to get them involved in community and in worship. And um, so it's definitely a, a, a fun fun process. It's a very challenging and fruitful uh, mission, but... God continues to do amazing things, even even though we don't have it all figured out. I don't know if we'll ever have it all figured out, but God continues to just bring a harvest. Have these men and women heard about Jesus before, and are they interested to know who he is? This is a really good question because many 
many have heard about a Jesus, whether he's a prophet in Islam or or just another god in in the Hindu religion. And many have not heard about him. There are many people that we we work with who have not heard about Jesus at all. And so for those who have heard about him, we get to share who the true, the real Jesus is, not just a prophet, not just another God, but God himself in the flesh, the son of God. And when they experience the true Jesus, whether whether they've heard about him or not, when they experience Jesus, the spirit of Christ, their lives are transformed. And that's that's where we see change in individuals who have come from other religions um, who are hungry because they're hopeless and they may have heard about Jesus, but now they're hearing about the one true God, um, the way, the truth, the life, and they come to Christ and they experience transformation. And that is a total game changer. What kind of response have you seen from individuals? So yeah, our our responses are generally very positive. We work in um, communities of men and women who are who are really void of hope. And when they get a taste of who Jesus is, we see lives transformed. We see fellowship. We see um, community. And we see provision. They provide for one another. Um, God provides for them directly. Um, we see we do see persecution, and we don't see that as a negative thing. We know, we know Scripture tells us that we will face persecution. Um, but we do um, help individuals that are being persecuted to navigate that. And if we have the ability to do so, we will try and help that individual get away from persecution. Um, sometimes that persecution is very serious um, and even life-threatening. So we help those individuals navigate that as new believers. Um, we also see a lot of miracle signs and wonders, God pouring out his spirit to open up the hearts of these people to just see him more clearly. Um, this last trip, uh, we had seen about 25 people healed. And whether they're Christian or they are of another faith background and they were invited, uh, many times we pray for people. There was a... a Muslim individual who came. We didn't know he was Muslim. He asked for prayer for an issue that um, he had been dealing with for 18 years. He had been to many doctors, none of whom could help him. And in about five minutes of prayer with him, he was delivered of this issue, this sharp pain in his abdomen. And now his heart's open to receiving the word he was asking. He wanted to know who this Jesus character is. So um, so we went to a local shop and we continued to share it with him and his friends continued to share. So it was very powerful. Can you please share with listeners about the Christmas outreach? Christmas is definitely one of our biggest outreach opportunities. We have multiple Christmas celebrations all over the regions that we, we work in. And let me just try and paint a picture of what this looks like. So imagine 75 guys sitting outside under the stars on the sand in a desert. Maybe a little bit different than what we what we envision as a Christmas celebration in the West, but um, the other things are really common. We eat together, we worship together, 
these guys hear the gospel message of, of Jesus Christ. And the amazing thing is a lot of these guys are, are not believers. They're brought by others that have been discipled in the camps. So they, they've maybe heard about Jesus, but they've never heard the true gospel message, or they've never really big, been given an opportunity to respond in a way that we provide. And so we, we give these guys kind of parting gifts as well. We give them SD cards that have the audio Bible in, I think it's six or seven different languages. And we really try to balance the quality and quantity of the events that we do. We want these events to be um, very much quality driven in the sense that we want to be able to deliver the gospel message, talk to them about Jesus, talk to them about sin, um, and and then be able to follow up with them, not just have a bunch of people come and then go back home. So we want to make sure that we um, are very focused on following up with the individuals as well as just reaching as many people as possible, you know, developing and equipping the the guys that are already believers to reach out and to invite others who don't know Jesus to our Christmas events. So it's been a lot of fun every Christmas. Um, I've been a part of many of the Christmas celebrations, and it's just amazing. It's amazing to see this um, unfold in, in a culture like this and just to see a different way of bringing people to Christ. You know, I'm so used to a lot of the, the ways we approach people in the Western culture, but it's, it's really powerful to see it in a different culture and to experience their worship and to experience how they fellowship and, and dine together. Um, and then just and come to know Jesus Christ. Thank you for sharing about nomads. Can people support nomads this Christmas? Great question. Yeah, there are four ways that people can get involved. And they are to pray, to promote, to provide, and participate. So prayer is by far our greatest need. And now we just ask that people pray for God's will to be done, for more men and women to know Jesus, for more laborers and resources to minister to them, and for protection and safety as we as we share the good news. Um, you can promote what God is doing with nomads by word of mouth, by sharing our webpage at nomads-usa.com and commenting on our Facebook and Instagram social media pages or posts from them and subscribing to our newsletter. Uh, you can provide through financial donation. So money is one of our greatest tangible needs. Um, we believe the harvest there is plentiful. We have so many people coming um, to Christ and placing their trust in him. And so finances are um, a big need. We, we do need to expand our team um, to continue growing. And it's going to take finances to do that. So if you would prayerfully consider um partnering with nomads. Uh, that is another way that you can um, get involved. And lastly is to participate. If you are in the regions that we work um, and, and you want to reach out and get involved, or you just want to reach out, uh, maybe you're not in the Middle East region, but you want to get involved some way, you can, again, send us a, a comment uh, through our email a messaging system at nomads-usa.com and we will respond and let you know if there's a way that you can participate 
locally, um, like where you live or in the countries that we work. I'd like to thank you, Tyler, for coming on the podcast this month. If you are interested in partnering with this podcast, you can go to nodaywastedpodcast.org and contribute there and or tyingvines.org.